Welcome to another edition of The Big Picture with Pastor Larry Raglan. I want you to get ready for a word that's going to change your life. Share this podcast, like this podcast, and give us a five-star review. We sure would appreciate it. Now, without further ado, let's get in to the next edition. Can I get some? Can I preach for the next fifteen minutes on some deep stuff, and then I'll get back and be sweet at the end? Can I? How many ready for a deep word? Say, preach on preacher. Right, here we go. Everybody say blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Look at the scriptures. Leviticus 17, 11 says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. So how many knows that as long as blood is pumping in our bodies, we are alive. When the blood stops pumping or we lose too much blood, we die. If our bodies cannot replenish the blood that we have lost, we die. So the life of the flesh is in the blood. So if Jesus was conceived in the womb of a virgin, he had to have blood in that body. Are y'all hearing me, church? Because if he didn't, he's not alive. Take that down, please. If he's not, if he don't have blood, he's not alive. So... Where did that blood come from? There was no human blood from Mary to pass down to him. I'm going to just go ahead and tell you, and then I'm going to show you. The blood of Adam was the blood of Jesus. Selah. See, The blood of Adam when he was created was perfect, untainted. I just got through saying that Mary was cursed with the lineage of the bloodline of Adam. But I'm talking about the bloodline of Adam after he ate the fruit and knew that he was naked. How many of those when Adam was created, he was molded and fashioned with the hands of God himself. He stood him up from the clay and the Bible says that he was not a living soul. He was a stature of a man. He was made of dust, but he did not live and and breathe until God put his mouth on his mouth and breathed into him. So what did he breathe into him? Of course he breathed the spirit man into him. He took a part of himself and breathed into him. I've preached it many times. I think it's warrants being said again. you got to understand something about the nature of the creation, nature of God and pattern of God. God creates the atmosphere. God creates the environment first. Then he speaks to the atmosphere through the power of his word, through the environment. He speaks to it and he calls the creation out of the environment that the environment was created to sustain. He made the water and then he spoke to the water and said let the water bring forth fish. Come on y'all hear me. He spoke to the air. He created the heavenlies and then he spoke to it and said let the birds fly in you. Let let the birds be at home in you. Let you, you make them feel that they're operating in their destiny. He looked to the earth and he told the earth let every herb, let every tree come out. You're going to nourish. You're going to be the provision that keeps them alive. He created the animals from the dust of the earth 
and everything they eat is either a, a meat eater themselves, but the circle of life will take you back to the dirt. Come on, can I get an amen? In the natural realm, he raised up man. He created man from the natural realm, and he basically by creating him from the dirt, he was saying, in order for your flesh to survive, you are going to have to eat and be nourished from the things that are of this earth. But there, but he was, but that was not enough to make them alive. When it when it, when it came time to separate the creation of man from the creation of all other things, he did not speak to the water. He did not speak to the air. He did not even speak to the dirt. He he spoke to the only thing that can truly sustain man in this life and the life to come. He spoke to himself. He spoke to the environment of himself. Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And he reached inside of himself and pulled out life of himself and breathed it into man and said, man, now you look like me, walk like me, covered in the same anointing that I've got. You are a mini me. Am I preaching right? So he breathed the spirit into him and he became a triune being just like God. God is one God that exists in three persons. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are one person that exists in three parts. We are a spirit that possesses a soul that lives in a body. Are y'all hearing me? Every part about us was created in his image. God has eyes. God has a nose. God has mouth. God has arms. God has legs. We see that all through scripture. Now they may be on fire. They may be uh, blazing. They, all kinds of descriptions that John gives us in the book of Revelation. But he's got arms. He's got legs. When you get to heaven, you're not going to see a God sitting on a throne that's got six arms and nine legs. Why? Because that don't make sense that God's not the author of confusion. We were created in his image. When he stood there and fashioned us, God stood there with two legs, two arms. But it was spirit. God is spirit. There was no flesh on him. God is spirit. Remember Jesus said God is spirit. And them the worship, worship, worship in spirit and truth. So up until Mary, God the Father, God the Word, and God the Holy Spirit were all spirit and no flesh. The only flesh that existed in the history of humanity was the flesh that God had created in the Garden of Eden. So remember what Leviticus said. The life of the flesh is in the blood. So here's what I'm going to ask you. If we all got our blood from our mamas, and we did, right? And of course, the DNA that went from our father as well that was in that blood, but our father did not give us blood. Our father supplied what needed to be supplied for us to be created. And then also he, 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 he had DNA traits and so forth and all that. But the blood that come through that belly button come from mama, right? So... We were able to, you know, nowadays you can watch that precious baby on a sonar getting, getting bigger and moving and high-fiving in the womb and all that. Well, that baby's heart's beating. That, what, is that, what's, what is that baby's heart pumping? Blood. And i got news for you. Even at conception, at the embryo, before it starts dividing, from within that embryo, there is blood. There is DNA of blood. Got real quiet, but can I just go ahead and tell you, life begins at conception. Because how do I know life begins at conception? Because a spirit man is placed in that embryo and blood is placed in that embryo. Woo, Lord have mercy. This is, this is, this is a deep Christmas message. I can tell some of y'all's heads are spinning. So he breathed the spirit of himself into it and man had a spirit now that was eternal. Everybody say this with me. Spirits never die. They are eternal. 
good or bad. That means demons and angels are all spirit beings. They never die. As people get in, sometimes get mad at God and say, God, why don't you just kill the devil? Wouldn't you just love that if he could? Wouldn't have to deal with him. But, but because of his law and the way he creates spirit beings and the understanding of the law and the principle of, of the life of an existence of spirit beings, he's bound by his own law. And I hate to say it this way, but, this, but he's bound himself to say that he can't kill them because he would be breaking his own law. Spirits are eternal. That's why he has to reserve a place for them to be tormented for all eternity and not just kill them at the end because spirits are eternal. That being said, when he puts a spirit in us, we are immediately eternal. No matter how old we get to be, whether we pass away in the womb as a child, as a teenager, as an adult, that spirit being is going on. If we go on before the age of accountability, we are with the Lord. The age of accountability meaning that, that you know, you're not old enough to make those decisions. If it's beyond that and you hadn't decided Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you know right from wrong and you've heard the gospel and you know right from wrong, here's the reality. And you choose to not serve God. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Your spirit's going to hell. No preachers want to preach on hell anymore. What good is it to preach on heaven and not preach on hell? Because if there is no hell, then there's no heaven. Because the same Bible that tells us about heaven tells us about hell. The same Bible that tells us about God tells us about the devil. Oh, I'm preaching better than you shouting Merry Christmas. So what had to happen at that point? He had to also breathe, inject into that clay figure of a man blood because he became a living soul the life of the flesh is in Adam didn't have a belly button y'all ever thought about that Adam didn't have a belly button neither did Eve but Cain and Abel did. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Because remember, Eve was not born either. She was also created from the rib of Adam, but she was created by God and then presented to Adam. So the same way God created Adam, he created Eve. He just simply took the rib and took that rib and put into her rib cage to begin to teach us the structure of, of the family. But both of them had to have blood. She didn't get her blood from, a, one, from one rib. So where did she get her blood? She had to get her blood also from Jesus. And remember he said let us make man in our image and let them have dominion. Later on in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 3, he says male and female, he created them. This is in your Bible. And he called them Adam. That'll blow your mind the first time you see that. He called them Adam. She's named Eve because Adam had the authority to name all the creatures on the earth, not to say that she was on the level of, of, of another creature, but God, God moved upon him to name Eve Eve because she is the mother of all living, and that's what Eve means. Are y'all hearing me, church? So here's my question. If there had not been any human beings before, and these were the first two, and the life of the flesh is in the blood, where did the blood come from? 
Well, here it is. Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. That's where we are right now in our study of the book of Revelation. If you hadn't been watching, it says this. He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. I'm building a house right now, y'all. And I'm going to tell you something. When you build a house, I've always known this, but when you see it before you, it reminds you. The most important part of a house is what? The foundation. And you know what? You don't need to rush that one. We're getting impatient. We want them to get, I mean, my God, we're ready to, you know, we're living, we're doing, living in a camper, ready to live in a house, y'all. Just be real. But the truth is, we don't want them to rush the foundation. Because I plan on living on there till Jesus comes back, and I don't want it falling in on me. Are y'all hearing me? Foundation. That means that's a part of the structure that, that not only comes first, is actually most of the time completely unseen. Everything that comes after that is what everybody talks about and everybody looks at. Nobody comes up to your new house the first time you see it and you've got brick, you've got siding, you've got a beautiful roof, you've got everything. No one comes up to your house unless they do this for a living and they're OCD about it. No one comes up and says, hey, before we go any further, I just wanted to let you know that is one of the most amazing looking block foundations I've ever seen in my life. I love your block. I love the foundation. The foundation is incredible. I mean, the reality is if you see a crack in it, they might call it out. But nobody comes up, nobody drives around looking at houses to get ideas and they take pictures of just the foundation and don't take pictures of the siding and the windows and the doors and the roof. Because when you think about what a house looks like, you're thinking about the color scheme. You're thinking about all the things on the outside. But without that foundation, are y'all hearing me? So the foundation is one thing. It is the thing. It is what holds everything else up. The Bible says he was the lame slain, slain, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Not before, from. Meaning, I'm going to get deep on y'all. You ready? If there was a way to picture this, this is the way my mind works. It would be, because he's the word, remember? He's the messenger. He's the word. He's what come out of God, out of himself, when he said, let us make man. When he said, let there be light. So when the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. The, even before he said, let there be light, as the Spirit of God was moving and brooding, that word moving on the face of the earth means brooding upon the face of the earth. At that moment, the Word of God stepped up in the midst of the Godhead in all of heaven and said, I will die. Angels had no idea what that even meant. Because they don't die. But God knew. And I don't want to mess you up. But God created man knowing man was going to fall. 
So before he ever made man and said it was very good, he had already at the foundation said, I'll become one of them and I'll die for him. Are y'all with me? Oh, about, yo, well, y'all, I hope you're with me because if you ain't now, you really ain't about to be. Thank you for joining us on The Big Picture with Pastor Larry Raglan. Make sure you like this podcast. Give us a good review and we sure would appreciate it. Share this podcast with a friend and stay tuned. We've got another episode coming up very, very soon. Thank you again for listening and have a blessed day.